In this episode, I will be delivering to you the episode I promised you months and months ago and talking about my album Happy Now and all of the influences on it and related subjects and stuff like that. A little bit of a look behind the curtain of what I do as a musician. It's going to be self-indulgent but fun. I'm your host, Derek Brink, and you are listening to Empty Checking. Hey there, Checkmates, it's your old Uncle Derek coming to you here in St. Louis, Missouri, where I typically am. I hope you're doing okay. I'm uh, I'm doing all right myself. We've, we're finally through the holidays, finally into the new year. I'll tell you, this uh, episode that you're about to hear, most of it was recorded at an earlier date, but I'm redoing this intro because when I recorded it earlier, uh, stuff has happened since then, and I wanted to do a new intro, and just, you know, so it's, it, we're in the new year, and happy new year to you, and I uh, hope everyone had a great new year and had a lot of fun on your New Year's Eve, but not too much fun, and you were responsible in uh, every way you can mean that word these days. Um, I want to say thank you right up top. Uh, I started last week's episode with a brief kind of telling that I had uh, a friend of mine had passed away, and it was a, an emotional experience to me to talk about it on the show. Uh, a couple of you picked up on that and sent me some nice emails, and I really appreciate that. And uh, I'm not going to read that on the air, because that, on the air, on, on the show, on the podcast, whatever, because that just seems a little bit, uh, uh, I'm, I, I want to say self-indulgent, but I'm already doing an episode that's really self-indulgent, so that seems kind of <laughs> contradictory, but, um, it just, it, it didn't seem, uh, didn't seem right to read that, but I do, I, I did reply to those that I've seen, at least, and I appreciate, uh, I appreciate the folks who took the time to reach out and just express their condolences. Uh, it's really amazing. Like I, every time I I share something that someone wants to talk about uh, that is of a personal nature, it just always sort of warms my heart to see that uh, there are kind checkmates out there listening, and uh, some of you are are just the best. And thank you so much for that, um, my friends. Celebration of Life is coming up this weekend. I'm not going to give any details about that on something that's going on the internet, but it's coming up this weekend, and I'm, uh, I don't want to say looking forward to it, but I think it'll, it'll, uh, be a, uh, I think it'll be a good time for, uh, for what that kind of thing is. I am a little bit nervous about it because I have not yet received my booster shot, so I'm not going to stay into the wee hours as I'm sure it will go as it turns into an Irish week. But uh, I am going to stay for, there's a brief organized part, and then people just kind of hang around, and there's food and drink and stuff like that. But I'll uh, hang around for a little bit, but I'm not going to do the food and drink because I am not boosted, and who knows what I may be carrying. Um, one of the things I'm not carrying is I'm not carrying about uh, eight or nine inches of beard. I uh, trimmed up my beard. I've got my classic Derek beard back, and I'll I'll put a picture of that on the uh, on the companion blog, 
Uh, but yeah, it's just, just time to do it. And also, I'm going to be wearing a sport coat to the thing this weekend, and the crazy hermit beard didn't look good with the sport coat, so away it went. It seemed a respectful thing to do. Uh, but also, just kind of getting sick of it. It didn't do well behind masks, and, you know, it, it, it just kind of became a thing, and it was in the way of my t-shirts and stuff, and... So, kind of nice to have the old beard back, although the long beard will return someday, I'm sure. Uh, but yeah, I'll put a picture of that on the blog, and while I'm talking about the blog, why don't I tell you about it? If you like the show, there's a companion blog over at emptychecking.blogspot.com. The show itself is hosted at emptychecking.podbean.com. It's available on any podcast app of your choosing, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. If you want to know more about me, go over to derekbrink.com. It's mostly about my music career. And speaking of my music career, if you would like to take home any of the music that you hear on the show, you can do so. You can download it all for absolutely free over at derekbrink.bandcamp.com. Just enter zero as your purchase price and you can take it. I don't collect your email address or anything like that. I would just love it if you loved it. Is that all? Oh, also email me <laughs> if any of you want to email me, which several of you do, and I appreciate that. I assume those of you who do are my age or older, because these uh, kids don't know nothing about the email these days. But uh, uh, yeah, you can email me over at uh, db, those are my initials, db at derekbrink.com, and I always reply, as long as you're not a jerk. Uh, I, I And even sometimes to the jerks, I reply, and uh, maybe you'll get... Uh, your question or comment read on the show one day, if I get your permission to do so. Uh, got a couple that we'll do in, a, in an episode soon. I've been saying that for a few, but uh, I've had some stuff in line that I didn't want to first do listener mail, but we've got a few that we'll, we'll do in an upcoming episode. Maybe the next one. Who knows? It's, it's too soon to tell. But uh, that's all the promotional stuff. We're gonna, like I said, we're gonna talk about my album Happy Now today, and uh, I put out two albums on the same day, on May 29th of this past year, 2021. That's my birthday, by the way, if anyone wants to send gifts. And uh, Happy Now is one of those two albums. It is a breakup album. It is a grumpy, sad, anarchic, loud rock album. And it's a companion piece to the album that came out on the same day, Almost Moving Backwards. Uh, one's the folky side, and this is the rock side. So... That's uh, that's kind of what we're getting. That's gonna that's gonna be what we're diving into here in the next couple of minutes, and we'll uh, we'll play the album in full in the background, and I'll be talking over it, completely ruining your experience of hearing it. So maybe that will encourage you to go over to the Bandcamp site and download it because it's there for free if you just enter your price as zero. Uh, I like this album a lot. I go back and forth between which album I like more that I released on that day. Uh, when I listen to one, I like that one better. When I listen to the other, I like that one better. So it's 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 kind of up in the air. Uh, I have a feeling if I actually listen to this episode right now instead of just recording it and uh, this intro and uploading it, uh, if I listen to the episode, I'll probably like this album more. I probably commented that at the time, but, you know. Um, a couple things to say, because I listened back to the intro that I'm recording over right now, and there are a few things that I said there that I don't think I said in the bulk of the episode. Uh, this album, I owe a big debt of gratitude to uh, Guided by Voices for the inspiration to do this whole album, because I don't think I would have done it in this way if I weren't a GBV fan. And uh, particularly their album Alien Lanes had a lot of... Uh, 
a lot of uh, provided a lot of inspiration that you might not hear in the actual songs themselves, but in especially the production and just the way I approached the album. Big Guided by Voices fan, and there was a lot of that that went into recording this one. Um, the cover, the cover of the album is just a blue background with multicolored lettering. That blue background, uh, you might think is just the color blue that I just dumped into an empty box or something. It's actually a picture of the sky. One day here in St. Louis, I, uh, I was, I got out my cell phone and opened up the, the camera to the front facing, you know, app thing and just noticed that the sky was really, really blue. So I just took a picture of the sky and I was like, that's a really pretty blue sky and maybe I'll use that for something. And I did. It's on the album cover. And, uh, so that's, that's just kind of a fun fact. Uh, anything else I need to tell you about this? Um, guitar wise, it's pretty uh, Rickenbacker and Telecaster heavy. I leaned on those a lot. Variety of basses, mainly the Reckenbacker bass and the Getty Lee jazz bass. Uh, those are the main two. Uh, and everything else is what you would expect, I guess, from me at this point. Uh, this one gets a little personal in some places and a little bit more in others and <laughs> is uh, irreverent in places and is... Uh, completely, completely reverential in other places. I uh, have a lot to say about it, and I'm going to start saying it here in just a moment. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm about to leave the present. This is present day, Derek, talking to you, and we're going to go back in time to several weeks ago, and it will be me from the past talking about the album, and I will uh, hit play on that. And when you hear music starting to come in you'll know what's happening. Whatever. It's difficult to do a thing like this, to add an intro to something you've already recorded when you can't completely remember what you said. So, <laughs> sorry about that, but I did want to address you all in the present day because so many of you, you know, have been so nice to me this week. So I wanted to at least say thanks and hi and doing okay. And, uh, uh, yeah, y- y'all are the best. So... We're going to hit play on the album and on the previously recorded commentary, and I'll catch back up with you at the end of this and say goodbye to you. So, hope you enjoy this. I had a lot of fun doing it. Get ready to listen to Happy Now. You can kind of tell that my headspace was the same for both albums that I put out in May, because I think they both start with just a little bit of... uh noise before the actual guitar kicks in, but uh, I I like when albums do that, when they have a little bit of a real-world sound before you escape into whatever world they've created on the album. Boy, that already sounded really pretentious, didn't it? Sorry about that there, Checkmates, but, uh, you know, you guys have met me. That's that's how we are. Uh, This first song is called I Hope You're Happy. It's kind of the title track of the album. It was originally just called Happy Now, but I decided to call it I Hope You're Happy. I actually also at one point thought I was going to do a reprise of it at the end of the album, just another quick run-through of like a chorus or something. But uh, in the day where it's all downloads, and it's not albums, and even if you do listen to a full album, it cycles back to the start of the album, that seems like kind kind of an archaic thing to do, and I decided not to do it. But... Uh, the song's very influenced by Cheap Trick, and and uh, I think you can hear that a little bit by Guided by Voices, I guess, in there, that you probably can't hear as much. But uh, there's a real Bob Mould feel to this, in my opinion, too. 
which it, you know, that, my opinion's really the only one that counts on it. I'm the guy that wrote the album. Uh, <laughs> Bob Mould was a pretty big influence on this. Bob Mould, of course, previously of, Hus- of Husker Du, and now, of course, is solo Bob Mould. Um, yeah, those are, that's kind of a weird list of influences, Cheap Trick, Guided by Voices, and Bob Mould, but that's what you got. Uh, especially sort of latter-day Bob Mould, and like sugar-era Bob Mould as well, sort of the Copper Blue album. This, you know, this could have ter- turned into Standing on the Edge of the Hoover Dam, but it uh, instead ended up happy now. And uh, at its heart, this is a breakup album, and this is uh, sort of the positive side of a breakup, where you're done with all the bullshit, and you just kind of are able to say to the other person, I hope you're doing good. You know, I, I hope you're happy now. Uh, and you can say that any number of ways, I guess. You could say that genuinely and say, yeah, I really hope that you're happy now and that things are going good. Or you can just like, well, I hope you're happy now, you know? And <laughs> I considered playing sort of both ends of that. And to some extent, I guess I do in the vocal a little bit with that. When I think back on it, it all kind of sounds like shit, you know, that lyric and whatnot. But for the most part, this is meant, you know, genuinely and in a friendly way and uh, as a genuine gesture of, I hope you're okay and and that things stay that way. I'm just quoting the lyrics now because uh, that's that's what I've got. But uh, that's, yeah, that's this is just kind of a fun opening song, fun, upbeat, happy-sounding opening song with a slight tinge of grit to the lyrics that is present in almost all of my songs. I don't know how to just write happy. <laughs> there also has to be something going wrong in there. Because uh, I, I tend to only know that I'm happy in hindsight, so it's, it's you know, difficult to sort of... Well, there was all this stuff going on, but then I realized I was also kind of happy. So that's, uh, that's sort of what happened there, I guess. But that's the end of the opening track, and uh, I think this is going okay so far. I've, I'm enjoying it so far. I hope you are too. That's uh, That was I Hope You're Happy. We're going to move into How Do You Let Go, which is uh, a song that at one point was very, very dark in uh, in lyrical content, and still is a little bit, but it's uh, this one's very aggressive and very punky and very, you know, raucous. And, uh, but I, I dialed back the lyrics just a little bit to be a little bit more singable and accessible because it, it got very sort of in my head and uh, and harsh about a, a personal situation uh, but I decided uh, let's let's make it a little bit more available to anybody who's just had their heart broke you know and that's I think this is a pretty good heartbreak song I think it's a pretty good heartbreak album because it's uh, it has sort of the angry side and the irreverent side and the sad side and the happy side and the confused side and it all kind of happens at once and uh, uh, I, I, I like how fast this album moves in that way and, and just moves through different feelings and the pace of the album I, I like as well that it starts off with some uh, bangers as the kids might say but uh, there's also some nice ballads in there influence wise uh, this this one's probably kind of back in the Bob Mould world again but also the Get Up Kids which I think you can hear pretty clearly and hear the Get Up Kids influence if you're a fan of that band at all, which I am. I don't know about you, but I am. And, uh, uh, yeah, I just feel like that's all over this song. Sorry, uh, just started listening. <laughs> this is, uh, it's, it's hard to, uh, 
hard to uh, uh, fight your instincts and talk over a song sometimes. Uh, yeah, I don't have a ton to say about this one, but th- this is, I guess, if the last song was sort of the happy, positive gesture side of, you know, the breakup album or whatever. Uh, this one's more of the, like, fuck you and everyone who looks like you. <laughs> you know, that's kind of what this side is. And, like, how do you get over this? You know, is, is I mean, th- the title kind of says it all as far as what the song's about. How do you let go of the one you love the most? You know, that's, that's the whole of it. Uh, I really like the piano part in this one, uh, which actually, the, the piano part is very much a hold steady type piano part, going back to their, uh, constructive summer type sound, and, uh, so yeah, I forgot I had the piano in here, that's, that should be on my little list that I've got in front of me telling me what I want to talk about on this album. I had Bob Mold and Get Up Kids written down, but I should also have, uh, the hold steady written down, because they're, they're definitely an influence on this one as well. That pause was me reaching for a marker to uh, write down the hold steady in the margin of this song so that I remember to put a picture of one of their albums on the blog over at emptychecking.blogspot.com. Because uh, uh, I'm going to try to do that. I'm going to try to have photos of all the bands and stuff that I mentioned in as much as I can because this is all off the cuff. But uh, yeah, we've written down the hold steady now, so I think we're going to be okay. Got a lot more to say about the Hold Steady later for a different song, but uh, how do you let go? Yeah, good song, good angry song, and uh, but that piano still provides a little bit of a bright tone in there that is a little bit out of place, but I think adds to it. And uh, uh, yeah, I like this song a lot. It's one of the first ones I wrote for the album, and uh, I thought the whole album was going to be shaped this way and be very punk, but I, I got uh, I got a little bit of. Uh, softer stuff in there too you know and that's uh i i think it's a good mix on this album and again i just like how fast the album moves we're already going to be hitting track three and it, it doesn't seem like we got through track one yet to me so that's that's kind of exciting and uh track three is called uh if i'd known you and uh those who know my guitar tones will know that i think of that as my old 97s guitar tone Uh, and I would consider this one to be fairly old 97s influenced. Um, I'm just going to, right up top, cop to the fact that this song, structurally and I think even in key, is very similar to track number 9 on this same album called Midlife Suicide. In some ways they're almost identical, especially just in in the, the chorus structures of them. So, I realized that too late to do anything about it. But for anybody who listens and picks up on that, yeah, I, I hear it. You're not, you're not telling me anything I don't know by by offering that particular criticism. If I'd have realized it sooner, maybe I'd have done something about it, changed something around, moved the chorus, who knows. But I, I like both songs, and the verses are different enough that I don't think you notice unless you're just looking to be a jerk and notice stuff like that. So, whatever. Uh... I should be talking about this song specifically rather than defending, like, both of them, but I feel like I need to defend both of them because they're, uh, different enough that I, uh, you know, I, I feel like, uh, I feel like there's things to say. Um, but, yeah, uh, this song, uh, I like that, uh, the part we're in right here with that kind of dun 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 that staccato part, that, right there, that staccato part. 
and I like the little bit of feedback that's happening in between the uh, in between the the guitar strums there, which that's the kind of thing only happens if you've got your uh, guitar going through a live speaker. There, kids, those of you who are just plugging into your digital amps and stuff and recording direct into the board, you need a you need a speaker in the room because uh, you get cooler sounds out of a, out of a speaker amplifier, preferably. But you know, if you even if you just run your fake little lamp through a through the studio monitors, you'll at least get that feedback, you know. And anyway, uh, yeah, as the only thing I've said about this that it's old '97s influenced, and we're getting close to the end of it. I think I, I think that's it. That's probably about all there is to say. And this is just kind of a song about like, wouldn't have wasted my time on you if I'd have known it was gonna go that way, you know. And that's I think a legitimate feeling. And uh, so I said it, and now it's over. <laughs> I didn't say anything about this. Sorry, we're stuck with it. I'm not redoing this. Uh, uh, yeah, we're already through track three. This this thing moves along at a good clip. This song, Bullshit, is the shortest song on the album. It might be the shortest song in my career. Uh, it's been sitting around for a while. This was a thing I demoed back in the days when my brother and I were doing a rock band together, and... Uh, I was just playing this riff one day that goes to this song, and my brother actually suggested, I guess you should have a co-writing credit credit on this one, he suggested just saying the word bullshit over and over again instead of writing a lyric, and I thought it was funny, and I demoed it, and was like, yeah, that's, that's good, I like that, that's the song, and I put it on a set of demos and handed it to the rest of the band, and we just never did it, nobody else wanted to do it, and, uh, I don't know, I like it. It's a fun idea. It uh, doesn't really tie in with the breakup theme, although maybe it does, but I just like the... I just like the irreverence and the nonsense of it. Uh, I can't even tell you what an influence is on this one. It's just kind of a goofy, fun thing, and we've got me and, and Dave to thank for it, I guess, and, and now it's over, so... That was just a fun little dalliance. When my dad heard that song, he, he uh, likened it to being my revolution number nine, which... I hope it's uh, a little bit more concise than that, but uh, <laughs> I, I know he meant well. Um, we're into another song that uh, my brother was involved with called Useless. We did this back in the days where, when we were in a punk band called Uncle Dick, and uh, named after Rick Nielsen's guitar. We lied about that for years, said, no, it's named after one of our uncles who was a musician. No, we named it after a guitar that Rick Nielsen plays that uh, is shaped like Rick Nielsen. He calls that guitar Uncle Dick. We named our, our band Uncle Dick after Rick Nielsen. The early days of that band, we were thinking about maybe being a cheap trick cover band for a while, and it became an original thing. So that's that's a look behind the uh, camera uh, or whatever. It's not really a camera. But that's, that's the inside story. Sorry, Dave, if you don't want people to know that, but it's the fucking truth, and you know it. Uh, so, <laughs> that's uh, that's where this song came from. Uh, I've been playing it for so long, because that was the early 2000s when we did that. This song may have been around for 20 years now. Uh, I've been playing it for so long, I can't even tell you what the influences are on it. I'm sure Cheap Trick, to an extent. Um, but that can't be it, and, uh, <laughs> you know... I, I, I can say things about the structure of this song more than I can even the influences, but uh, I can tell you that this song in the in the arrangement is no different than how we used to do it in, even back in those days. It's not changed at all. The bass has always been as out front as it is in this song, and 
takes uh, it takes the solo where the guitar normally would, which was partly by design, but also partly by, uh, with no offense to him, the guy that played gu- that played guitar on Uncle Dick, because we were just guitar, bass, and drums, not a second guitarist. Uh, the the guitarist in that band was not really a lead player, and I think he would have said the same thing about himself. So I just decided, well, I'm going to take leads on bass then, and so I did a solo on bass in this, which is a fairly simple solo that when I was recording this version I considered doing something more impressive, but nah, I wanted to keep it true to the, the original vibe of the, t- of the song. There's more going on in this song, I, su- I should say that. There's kind of an organy uh, thing happening in the background there, and it didn't have near this much background vocals. Those oohs are new to this recording. But uh, I like them, and that's kind of how I've always heard it in my head. And I have the available tracks to do that in my life now. I didn't at the time. So, uh, yeah, no, it's just kind of nice to kind of nice to have a good-sounding version of this one. There are other versions out there, but I, I like this one. I like the other ones, too, but I, it's just nice to do my own kind of take on it and my own version. And I'm really proud of how this turned out. I like it a lot. And I, I just this is one of my favorite songs that we did in those days. It's one of my favorite songs I've written, so it was... It was just kind of nice to blow the dust off of it and do it. So, you know, that's that's kind of... It's uh, sentimentality, you know. Uh, the lyrics are a complete word salad. Uh, they <laughs> if I took time and went through them line by line, I could tell you what they mean to me. But it's... Uh, I, I sometimes like a song where the lyrics don't necessarily tell a concise story or make a concise point, and you can kind of bring your own experience to it, and that's what I did here. Uh... But here's that bass solo I was talking about, and uh, listening to the song just brings back a lot of good memories for me, because I, I really loved being in that band, and I wish it would have kept going, but, you know, bands like everything else end, and eventually the guy who wrote the songs puts out a solo record, or 10, and uh, or 14, as it may be, and um, I just I just love hearing this song, and I, 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 I guess I was at a point where I was missing playing the song, so I played it again. And when I did, I texted my brother and just said, uh, did a version of Useless, and if you had told me at the time that one day I'd be playing Useless on a Rickenbacker guitar, <laughs> I would have thought you were nuts. So, you know, it's just kind of uh, interesting to look back on life and, you know, what guitar am I playing now versus what I wrote it on, which uh, would have been a kind of beat-up Silvertone. So, you know, that's <laughs> how things change, you know. Uh, this next one is, a uh, is one that I wrote for the album, so those last two songs were old, but, uh, that I did new versions of, but this one's, uh, this one's brand new, uh, called That Weekend, a.k.a. Blue Tattoo, which is, again, kind of a reference to a band with my brother, a different band called Blue Tattoo that was more of an alt-country thing, and, or Americana, whatever you prefer, uh, but that's, uh, that itself is a reference to the movie Hardcore Logo, which is uh, a little-known movie out of Canada that is about a, a, an aging punk band's last shot at the big time, and Dave and I were both taken with that movie and ended up naming our, our band at the time after one of the songs in that movie called Blue Tattoo. And uh, then it kind of worked its way into this song, <laughs> which uh, itself... We're getting into the into the weeds here with uh, how much I want to say about the personal experiences of these songs, uh, but I mean it is that thing of having someone in your life that 
uh, the subject matter of the song is what I'm talking about now. Is, uh, it, it is that thing of having someone in your life that yeah, at one point you realize, oh, we're so close that they're asking me what their new sh- new tattoo should be and where it should go, you know? And and we're talking about that, and, and you know, I'm getting texted pictures of the tattoo and things. And and then, you know, things change and... and you know, that particular weekend ends, and then on a different weekend, you realize that looking at a Facebook post that, oh, they've got another new tattoo, and I didn't know they were getting this one, and you kind of look back and, you know, well, it was a nice weekend anyway, you know, <laughs> and that's, so that's kind of the world we're in here. Um... I don't know that you'll realize this for a lot of the song, but uh, there's a there's a little bit of a Bowie influence here that uh, you probably don't hear it in the verses, but you'll definitely hear it in the solo. And when we get there, I'll I'll say it, which I now don't know um, now don't know where we are in the song, but <laughs> that that may be very close. But I'll I'll talk about it when we get there. But there's a little bit of a Bowie vibe here, and and really just kind of an alt countryish thing going on that. Uh, you know, sometimes it's hard to, to to name your influences on a song. Sometimes you just play in and it comes out, and someone will tell you later what <laughs> what uh, they hear in the song, and you'll go, "Yeah, totally." You know, and this is one of those for me. It's a little bit hard to pinpoint, you know, pinpoint what bands I was even listening to at the time because it's it's been a little bit since I've uh, since I've worked on this, but uh, there there is a Bowie vibe going on, and uh, I think we're coming up on the on the solo here after after this chorus, so I'll start talking about it. You'll notice that the guitar solo is really just a single note that bends up and down for a while, and that is absolutely me ripping off the main line from Heroes, uh, and I'll cop to that. It, it it's an homage. It's not theft because it does do other things after that, but just a little uh, little Bowie tribute right here that uh, sustain and. Bend. Yeah, that's that's just heroes. Except uh, on heroes, uh, uh, it was definitely using an ebo to kind of keep it going for the whole song. But I, I didn't hear. Although there is a lot of ebo on this album. But uh, uh, yeah, that was my little kind of nod to Bowie there on that solo. And there's some more of that feedback from an open speaker again. By the way, kids, and your bad recording techniques. Uh, <laughs> I've done it too. Sorry. Um, yeah, I like that song. It's sentimental, uh, but not... It's a little sad, but it's not overly depressing, and I, I, I like that one, and it takes me back to uh, a time and a, and a place and a person. And uh, Yeah, I like that one a lot, and I'm, I'm glad it's on the album. But I'm particularly glad that this next song is on the album, because it, uh, it really means a lot to me, and we're going to start with a little bit of noise in the room before the actual melody starts again because that's one of my favorite gags to go to as a, as a writer and producer. But now the melody has started, and we're into Lonely. This song has been a 20-year journey for me. Like, no kidding. It, uh, I've got a demo of it going back to 2002, and we will soon be hitting the year 2022, so that's 20 years. Um, I have revised it a couple of times. I've changed the lyric here and there. Going into this particular recording, I changed one word, and uh, that's it. But otherwise, this has been pretty much 
the song as it was always going to be. And uh, it's very Bowie, very Bowie feeling. Uh, could be easily slotted into either his Heathen or Reality albums and I think have a place. Um, a lot of reverb happening. There is an Ebo there that I'm kind of, that whole sustained note that you're hearing walking up and down and, and, and such is played with an Ebo. Which, if you don't know what an Ebo is, it's uh, short for electronic bow, which, uh, like a bow for a violin or a cello or what have you. Uh, and, you know, with a bow, you can kind of get infinite sustain on a note if you do it right. Um, or close to, anyway. And, you know, the note doesn't stop as much. I mean, a little bit, maybe, but, you know. Uh, so some genius back in, I think, the... 60s uh, developed an electronic version of that that's sort of magnet-based for guitar, and you sort of put it on a string, and it sustains, and you move your finger around, and the note keeps playing. And that's cool, and I fell in love with that. I actually owe uh, Michael Manring, a bass player, for knowing what that is, because on his album Thunk, which is one of the most important albums in my personal history, uh, he used the Ebo on that and sort of introduced me to the concept. But Bowie was using it back as far as, uh, as Heroes, so, you know, it's been around a minute. Um, but yeah, this song's very Bowie-influenced, and I think you can hear that, and uh, I, I just kind of love it. It's one of those that is very abstract in, in the lyric, and there's... There's really only so much I want to say about that because I do sort of like how open-ended it is and how you can apply your own story to it and, and work your own life into a lyric like that. But, uh, I mean, I know that's maybe also unsatisfying for people who like to know what songs are about, but uh, I don't I don't want to say too much. I, this is another one. I said this about something a little bit earlier that uh, about Useless which I guess was probably written around this same time. This is another one that just... I could tell you what every line and every word means. Like I said, going into this recording, I changed one word because it was important to me to have that word different on this particular read, you know? Uh, so I can, I can tell you down to the word what this song means to me, but one, we don't have the time here, and two, it might take away what it means to you which I know sounds pretentious but I mean we're right now sitting on my podcast listening to my album and I'm talking about me so give me a break but uh, I do love the uh, echo on the vocal here because there's a difference between reverb and, and delay and when you hear the phrase replicated exactly like that that's delay and I, I like the delay here the reverb is just the general kind of room echo that you can hear like you're singing in a cave or a cathedral or something but the actual echo is called delay and I uh, I love delay in my guitar tone I also love it sparingly in a vocal part uh, and it's all over this and I'm, I'm happy with it uh, we're into the weirdly out of place major chord ver part of the song here that uh, only lasts for a little while but uh uh, I, it was important to me to have a little bit of a major chord in there, and now we're back to minor, so, you know. Um, I just like, uh, I, this is one that just sort of fell into my lap writing it as in my 20s, and I was really proud of it, and it was one of those where I went, well, where did that come from? Like, how did I even come up with the structure of these chords? And, uh, I've always been proud of it. 
I don't know if anybody else likes it. <laughs> this is not one of the first ones anyone mentions to me, but uh, I've been waiting for that day. Whoever does, I will have a lot to say to. But uh, uh, I, I, I like this one a lot. I especially like that line we just passed with uh, Numb from the weight on my chest, God in my window. I just like that line. And I guess if I were to tell you what the subject matter of the song is at all, it's right there in the title. It's about being lonely and loneliness and sort of walking around in that. And I feel like uh, the heavy reverb and the heavy delay and the ebo and, and just the whole tone of the song kind of helps uh, helps reinforce that and, and sort of echoes that, that theme of loneliness. And, you know, it's... Uh, we're, we're all there from time to time, and this is me writing about being there in the year 2002, I guess. <laughs> but I, I like that song a lot, and I'm really happy that there's a version out there that I'm, I'm happy with. By the way, that last little ding was played on the guitar that I wrote it on. So, and that's the only part that was played on that guitar. <laughs> but... Uh, we are now moving into a very serious song and very serious part of the album with uh, the song Fight to Win, which uh, this is my absolute declaration that I'm on the side of saying that black lives matter, that I believe that and I support that and I will yell that when appropriate and I'll, I'll be on the protesters' side anytime they're stopping traffic. Um, and I know that there are a lot of people who listen to the show that might not be quite in that same place, and that's okay. We can have a dialogue about that if you want to. The email is db at derekbrink.com, kids. I'll be glad to talk to you. But this is, uh, this is one of the ones that's a serious song. Um, you might not believe it to hear it, but that uh, one of the big influences on this song is on that drum intro and kind of that rhythm. Uh, came from my fandom of uh, Pat Torpy and Mr. Big. That's just a part that I would have imagined him playing, and when I started working with it, I didn't think it was going to turn into a Black Lives Matter song, but uh, I, I just kind of... I just kind of locked into that rhythm and that vibe, and I think that's probably the only thing about it that is in any way reminiscent of Mr. Big, but uh, uh, that's... Uh, I, I don't know, I kind of think of that as my nod to Pat Torpy. May he rest in peace. And, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's really as much as I can say about the influences, because the rest just kind of happened. I plugged in a guitar and a bass and started riffing, and, and this song came out. I'm very proud of the guitar solos in this, by the way, and but I'm, I'm more proud of the message that Black Lives Matter and that it's on us to make things better. And, uh, uh, I'm very happy with uh, the sound sampling in here as well. Throughout the song, you'll hear a few places where there's crowd chanting and protest chanting, and that's from actual protests. That's actual recorded stuff from... Uh, uh, boy, there's only so much I want to say because the people that were involved asked to not be identified, but uh, pulled, off of, uh, pulled off of social media, let's say that, from folks who had uh, recorded their presence at protests, uh, but who wished not to be identified. Um, this is uh, this is stuff that was recorded by by folks at real protests around the time of the murder of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor. 
and uh, I, I used it here. Uh, I guess I, I don't know how much to say about that. It's a little bit, a little bit awkward in that in that the person, uh, the persons I should say from whom I sourced the clips asked not to be identified when I reached out for permission. Um, but yeah, this is I mean just absolutely wrapped up in George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and the protests that were happening then and that need to continue happening now and. Uh, it's just my statement of, yes, I'm on board, I agree, we're doing the right thing here, you know, in protesting. Uh, definitely the most topical I've ever been in a song. Uh, I, I mean, I flat out mention people from the headlines, that's not a regular thing for me, I'm usually a little bit more vague than that, but it seemed important to say something, uh, especially in the times that we're in. Uh, with that feeling like it should have been, and maybe it has been a turning point. It just felt like, okay, I need to say something, and it needs to be out there, and and this is what came out. And, uh... I don't know. I, I, I considered a, a number of different ways to go about this, and I considered having friends of color come in and, and do stuff on this, or like... I, I don't know, it was done during lockdown, and I, I kind of was left on my own thing, but I, yeah, I, I wasn't going to do a rap song, because that's not who I am, but I wanted to at least acknowledge what was going on, and uh, one of the best ways I can acknowledge that is to shut up and let some important voices be heard on the outro. I'll tell you this, Checkmates, it was hard to figure out what to follow that song with, uh, you know, just subject matter-wise, but... So I went with following it with something that musically sounded about as aggressive, but that subject matter-wise is pretty far apart. Um, we're into Midlife Suicide, which has a little bit of a drive-by truckers vibe, if you ask me, and uh, this is the one that earlier I said was very reminiscent structurally of If I'd Known You. Uh, not in the verse, in the chorus, but... Uh, Listening back to this song, I occasionally think, well, that lyric sounds a little bit like I'm saying, well, I'm the man and I'm right, which was not really the goal, and I hope it doesn't read that way to anybody but me, because it's certainly, if that's what people get out of this, then I failed. Uh, this is really just sort of, it's not even meant to be about a, about that kind of a relationship exactly, but it's, it's just kind of... Look, I've rounded the I've rounded the bases on my 40s, and I see a lot of people who I care about a lot living their lives in a way that uh, uh, I just kind of go, "What are you What are you doing? You're not 20. You gotta stop that. You gotta You gotta settle down to at some point, you know? Because like this is gonna kill you." And that's really what I was trying to get at with this song. And looking back on it, it it just shouldn't have been gendered. I just shouldn't have. Uh, I just shouldn't have had a gender in it. It should have just been open-ended. But I, I hope it comes across as advice to a friend rather than, you know, a guy trying to control a relationship, which I think is a real danger of... Well, I think it's a real danger of writing a rock song at this point that you might <laughs> you might come across that way, because listen to any song from the 70s and it just... 
dude, you can't talk to a lady that way, you know? And that's... <laughs> um, uh, I, I, I fear that those of us writing rock music are in danger of needing to rethink how we do it. And I, uh, I'm dwelling on that too much, talking about it now. But that, that is something that I am aware of, in case anybody else is aware of it, too. But yeah, musically, this one's just kind of drive-by truckerish. Especially this solo here is... I think I've heard Jason Esbell play this solo, or pretty close to it, back in the days when he was in DBT. Um, that was some time ago now, as I'm sure you're aware. But, uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I like this song and I like how it's structured. I especially like the riff and the verse, and I'm, I'm pretty proud of that, and I like this solo. Uh, I just, I wish the chorus were a little bit different from If I'd Known You. Because I could just easily sing, If I'd known you, would become you. It's it's very close. Uh, like I said, I think it's even the same key. But, eh, you know, it, 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 it happens. And it happened. It's okay. Uh, probably none of you knew it until I said it. And here I'm still saying it. But um, I meant for this song to be fun. <laughs> Despite having the word suicide in the title. Not literal suicide, by the way. Metaphorical, like... You know, it's 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 suicide to act that way. You know, it's 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 a warning rather than a, a statement. You know, uh, I hope that comes through. If nothing else, that I'm not uh, just writing a uh, another song about suicide as I as I do from time to time. Um, is that it? <laughs> is that all I want to say about that song? I think so. It's over anyway at this point. This is a uh, little uh little subtle ending there. That was actually a Bowie ending, so Drive-By Truckers and David Bowie influenced that song. Bowie right at the end there. This next one's a lot of fun. This is one of my favorites on the album. It's the last one that I wrote for the album. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's my favorite one that I've uh, on the album, I think, and it's the last one I wrote, and uh, that intro was from a party that my high school rock band, Union Jack, played in probably 1995. It was a birthday party that uh, uh, for a guy who most of the audience had wandered upstairs and he was mad about it, so he jumped on a, on a microphone and yelled that into the microphone, and I, I found the tape and played it back recently and just thought, oh, I, I'm absolutely gonna uh, put that on my next record. I'm sampling that. So that's uh, <laughs> that's what that was. And this is just kind of a song, it's called The Party Years. It's just a, a love letter to the old days. Uh, very The Hold Steady influenced, very Replacements influenced. Um, and it's just a little bit about, it's not, I, I want to be clear, this is not in any way a verbatim description of what it was like to be in that band at that time, but it is sort of how it felt. You know what I mean? Like, none of what I'm saying in these lyrics is 100% true about the nature of that band, or especially about any individual person, once I get into the bridge and I start naming names. None of that's true. Uh, a couple of the names are people who were around at the time, just for, you know, just for the sake of giving myself some fun nostalgia, but none of the stories connected are true. It, but it does capture what it felt like to be a teenager playing in that band at that time in the 1990s. And that's, this is just kind of a love letter to that time in my life and to, to the people that were around, and especially the guys in the band. Hi, Mark and Mike, if you're listening. Uh, again, 
nothing incriminating about anybody here, but uh, <laughs> this, uh, I'm happy with this bridge and just the laundry list of names. Uh, a, a trick, by the way, anybody who needs to use names in a, in a thing is if you're of a certain age, you've got a bunch of names in your cell phone that you haven't called in forever, but you see the name and it sparks something for you. Like, you don't want to... You don't want to use a name that is, like, a very important person to you that you see all the time and they mean the world to you. But you want the name to mean something to you. You want it to spark something for you. Go through your phone. Just look at who you haven't called in a long time. You're probably not going to call again. Use those names. So that's, that's kind of how that bridge came together. I really loved writing this song and working on it. I... It's too short. I didn't have enough time to say everything. I was really happy with that guitar solo. Again, it's basically a Hold Steady song. Didn't really mean for that to happen, but it did. So uh, that was the party years. Just kind of a love letter to the Union Jack days, even though not an outright description of them uh, for uh, legal reasons. <laughs> I think the statutes run out anyway. Okay, last song on the album. It's a long one. It's about a 9-10 minute song. And it's an important one. It's uh, one of the more important pieces I've written in my career. And this is sort of the song I want people to hear. Like, I want this to be people's introduction to me. Uh, the word that is the title is not pronounced denouement. It is pronounced denouement. It is a French word. Uh, essentially describing the falling action of a, of a, of a piece or situation. Um, this one's uh, all over the place, and it, it's... I'm just going to dive in. It's about living with depression and being a theater kid and having and doubting your faith and trying to figure out what your faith is supposed to be and how it's supposed to work against your depression and about how often people don't understand what any of that means. And uh, it all kind of goes back to... It all kind of goes back to my very first album, Grounds, where in the liner notes for that, if you ever had a physical copy, I wrote in the liner notes that there's a, a uh, uh, Eastern concept called uh, Nada Brahma, which means the sound is God. So this song's all about the sound being God and how God figures into music and my depression and my hope for tomorrow. That's what the song is. And uh, there's a lot of theater metaphors, there's a lot of performance metaphor, and there's a lot of faith reference, and there's a lot of depression reference, and there's a lot of loss of faith reference, and uh, I would say this song adequately summarizes some of what I was going through in 2019, if anyone noticed that, uh, which some of you did. Uh, but that line right here that we're on right now, Are You Feeling Better Yet, is one of those things that got said to me a lot, that, like, by very well-meaning people who don't understand that that is th just the wrong question to ask when someone is, <laughs> like, because it's not a cold, you know? And, uh, uh, so that's sort of what that is. But this song's all over the place as far as influences. There's a little bit of a tragically hip influence. There's a little bit of a... Uh, like right here, there's a little bit more of that Bowie influence with that kind of glam rock guitar vibe and very glammy song in that way. Uh, and there's, you know, choir parts coming in and out that, uh, sort of a Queen vibe there. Uh, it's broken up into kind of three sections. We are right now in section one of it, which is just, just sort of, you know, starting out 
you know, talking about the problem. We're going to go into section two in just a couple of moments where it uh, uh, gets a little bit more specific. And is uh, section two is actually kind of a prayer and uh, a very disillusioned, very upset prayer. But like right here where the guitar gets quieter, this is section two starting. Uh, and I'm very proud of the guitar that goes, the lead guitar that goes all throughout this. But this is the prayer part of the song. Uh, sort of addressing God and arguing with him. That's what's happening here. And uh, I, I, I've had a couple people mention this song to me and, and give me their takes on it. And really no one's been that far off. And I've noticed that everybody who has has been a theater kid. You know, or or grew up in the fine arts, and just kind of, uh, I'm 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 pleased with that. I'm happy about it. That people seem to get this on a level that that uh, that I meant it. That I I think this maybe speaks to people a little bit more clearly if you did grow up chasing the limelight as well as uh, having all the other problems that you have throughout life. Um, I, 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 it's it's difficult to know what to say and how much to say because I could really get deep and upsetting on this, but we've been pretty happy throughout the rest of this conversation, so I don't want to go into, into sad details or angry details, really. Um, I love this part of the song. The It feels so much worse this time. Uh, the part where I've already questioned God, now I'm also questioning music. And what if music doesn't work this time? Uh, there's a lot going on here. There are a lot of layers that... Uh, if, if you and I want to sit down and talk about this song for a half hour, I will make time for that, and we will go through the whole thing. But I'm, I'm trying to kind of get this done in the... Uh, trying to get it done just in the length of the song, and it's a little bit difficult. But I'm, I'm very, very proud of this song. It is the song that I, I think best represents me as a person, perhaps best represents me as a musician currently, and like I said, I I certainly would not mind if this were the first song that anyone heard of mine. I think it's a good introduction to just sort of uh, my whole deal, and uh, I think every musician feels like when they've produced something, if someone asks them how it's, how it's going, or if someone asks for a a summary of what their life is like. Well, it's it's right there. Just listen to just listen to this song. It's right there. This is how things are, and uh, or this is a good summary of what my life has been up to this point. You know, just listen to the songs I've written, and that's very much how I feel about this one. This is a very very Derek song. You know, which seems insane to say on a Derek Brink album. It's a Derek song, but it is. This right here is. Uh, very much Queen influenced, just dropping down to nothing and a vocal yelling at you. It's a very Queen moment. Um, and yeah, this is sort of maybe my nod to a night at the opera going into this part, but it's hard to say. You know, I'm, I'm not as good a singer as Freddie Mercury or as good a player as anybody in Queen. Um, but uh, it does kind of end up sounding a little bit more like Hope in this part of the song, and it's sort of addressing things and saying that, uh, look, I'm going to get through this, but, you know, you can't tell me how to get through it. Stop telling me how to get through it. That's sort of, that's sort of where we are in the song at this point. And it's, it's, it's crying out, and it's, it's still searching and not quite finding, but maybe having an idea of what you're looking for. 
That's sort of where we are at this point, and we're very much in a theater in the lyric, <laughs> and uh, uh, we're we're addressing how uh, this is my coping mechanism, and this is the only way I know how to cope, and I don't see a way out of coping this way. I don't see. I don't know if it's making anything better, but it's all I know how to do, and that's what this is here, and we'll get there. God is the sound. The sound is God. Uh, we'll sing this way forever. There's a lot in that line. That um, again, it's hard to know how deep to go talking about this, but it's uh, it's a very, very important song to me as Denouement, and I'm I'm proud of it lyrically. I'm proud of it metaphorically. I'm proud of it musically. I sang a whole choir part as background noise on this thing, you know, and <laughs> I'm uh. I'm very happy with how this one came together. I'm, I'm very proud of it, and I, I hope you like this one. If you don't like any other song that I do, first of all, congratulations on making it this far into the podcast. But if you don't like any other song of mine, I hope you like this one, because it's kind of the one that I think means the most, and I, I keep sort of going back to it, even just sitting around playing my acoustic guitar, I'll find myself playing this song. It really means a lot to me, and... Uh, Really, I considered just doing this as a single, and because I did a couple of kind of dark singles around the time that everything was going wrong in 2019, and I considered releasing this one just as the sort of last one, just like, okay, well, here we are now, you know, but instead an album sprung up around it, so uh, that was Denouement. I'm very proud of that song and very proud of that album. That was the album, Happy Now. I feel like that went by in a blink. Uh, I'm looking at the looking at the counter on the podcast and on the recording software I, we're not even quite at an hour yet and that uh that feels uh that feels pretty good you know uh i hope you enjoyed that album i hope i covered as much as i could about the album um i wanted to also say about denouement i see in my notes that there was a little bit of an alanis morissette vibe that no one's going to hear except for me so there now i've said that uh, looking back over my notes, I don't think there's anything outstanding that I didn't say. Uh, I just, uh, I, I really enjoyed making this album, and I really enjoyed listening to this album, and I hope that you enjoyed listening to it, too. If not, hey, the next episode will have something for you, I bet. Probably. Maybe. I can't promise that. But it, it might be true. So, uh, that was it. That was Happy Now. Thanks a lot. I think I'm gonna do something to wrap up here, but uh, for now I'll just uh, leave it at uh, thank you. Hey Checkmates, back with you. I just played a G chord on my guitar so that you'd know that uh, I was rejoining you later than uh, I was when I said thank you there. That's the problem with recording stuff uh, in, in pieces and at different times is you never quite know how to transition in and out of stuff. But uh, I hope everybody did enjoy uh, listening to Happy Now and and whatever I had to say about it. I will be completely honest with you, I did not listen to all of that. But I I, I bounced in and out just to make sure levels were okay and that everything was uh, still in place how I remembered it from before. So it was good news, but I didn't listen to the whole thing. I I thank you very much for you doing so. Uh, Next week... We're going to have another new episode, and it'll be an all-new episode. It'll be recorded 
live in the room, not live in the room. You, it, it's not live if it's pre-recorded, but you know what I mean. I'll, uh, it'll be my usual type of episode. And uh, I'm going to do something a little bit special next week uh, and a little bit different because we're, we're right at that point in the start of a new year where there's nothing really coming out yet and the stuff that is coming out, you know, I can't get a whole show out of one thing. So it's a good chance to do a theme show or do a little bit of a different thing or, or, or just talk about stuff that's been around a while, that kind of thing. It's, it's a good excuse to do something different, and I'm going to do something different, and it's going to be, I think it's going to be nice. Um, my uh, friend that I've mentioned in the first part of this episode and in the first part of the last episode, my friend who passed away, uh, ran a blog called Bits and Pieces. For close to 20 years, I think this year, 2022, actually would have been 20 years. Um, and uh, that blog was well known. Some of you who are listening to the show actually might be a visitor of that blog. He uh, he was pretty well known. Um, and it was the kind of blog where he would just share things that he found funny or interesting or that other people brought to his attention that he thought, oh, I've got a little corner of the internet I'm going to throw this out to, and, you know, people will maybe be interested in it. And he just did that. That's what he, that was his, kind of his every day. And uh, it was just a cool blog, and a lot of people went there, and it built a cool community, and he had a, a cool Facebook community devo devoted to that, too. Every now and again, over the years, he would post something with which I was in some way involved. <laughs> um, sometimes it'd be some of my music or something I wrote on a blog or elsewhere or something like that, but very often he would post things that I just shared in my Facebook feed or whatever that he thought was interesting or a song that he thought was cool, and he'd put it on bits and pieces and just, you know, with the caption, thanks, Derek. And uh, I, I uh, that, that always made me happy to see when he would do it, and what we're going to do in the next episode is we're going to spend that episode just talking about the stuff that John Coe featured over on Bits and Pieces that he credited me with. And some of that will be my own music, and we won't do this kind of thing that we just did in this episode with it, but I'll, I'll reference it and maybe play a clip between segments or something. But some of it will be my own music, but not the majority of it. The majority is going to be just stuff that I liked that he also liked, and I thought that would be kind of a nice way to... Uh, take my little corner of the internet and pay tribute to his little corner of the internet and uh, to my friend, who I miss. And uh, uh, so that'll be next week. Next week we'll do bits and pieces will be the episode. Assuming nothing happens, you know, assuming there's not, you know, my laptop doesn't catch on fire or <laughs> I'm not crushed by a Yeti or what have you. Uh, that'll be that'll be our next episode. Our next episode will be highlights from bits and pieces that... Uh, personally mean something to me. So that'll, that'll be the next one. I hope you're looking forward to that. It is, uh, I've actually already looked through and, and found any place that he, he, uh, mentioned me. So I kind of know what's there and it is a hodgepodge like no other. So I think you'll, <laughs> I think you'll be interested to see what, uh, over the course of a 20 year, uh, blog, how many times I got mentioned and with what. So that that's going to be fun for me. I think it'll be fun for you too. And it'll uh, give me a chance to, to talk about some stuff that who knows if I ever would have otherwise. So that, that should be fun. Come back for that. Should be a really good time. In the meantime, please uh, please continue to be responsible with this, uh, this pandemic that we're still in. 
Uh, I'm unfortunately going to be going to the Celebration of Life this weekend, and I don't have my booster, but it's not an option to not go to that. Uh, so I will be masked, of course, and I'll be doing as much as I can to keep distance as much in, in, in whatever capacity that's, that's possible. Um, but do as I say, not as I do, and please go out there and get your booster shots if you're already vaccinated. If you're not vaccinated, then what the hell are you doing? Go out and get vaccinated. It's important. It's the only way we're going to keep this thing at bay. Numbers are skyrocketing. Big surprise that they'd do that right after Christmas and New Year's, huh? But numbers are skyrocketing all across the country, and we need to do our part. We all need to continue doing our part. Um, believe me, if this weren't a funeral for someone that I cared about a lot, I would not be venturing out for it. But please continue to be responsible. Please do your part. Please get vaccinated, get boosted, distance, and wear a mask when you can't. Uh, wear two masks. Shit, wear three. Just protect yourself and protect others, please. Uh, along those lines, please remember that black lives matter, that trans rights are human rights, that women's rights are human rights, and I shouldn't have to tell you any of that. Be good to each other, be good to yourself, forgive each other, and forgive yourself, and while you're doing all that, check us out next time. For what it's worth, I really do hope you're happy now. 